Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Create with Kendra, a place where you can be inspired, challenged, and changed. We are here another Wednesday, another week, and guess what y'all? We are still here in Black History Month. If I have not bidded you greetings for Black History Month, I bid you greetings. And on top of that, y'all, we have a very special guest. She is no stranger to create with Kendra. Let us welcome Mrs. Tiffany Hunter. Woo! <laughs> hey, Tiffany, good to see you and have you. Hey, thank you for the invitation. I'm honored as always. Yes, Tiffany, it is a pleasure and I'm so excited to get into the conversation that we are about to have. But before we do that, like I promised, we are going to express a Black History moment every single week for the month of February. That being said, I want to introduce to you all, some may know, some may not, but in this moment, we're going to talk about it. Carter G. Woodson. Carter G. Woodson was the founder of what we know before as Negro History Week, but as today we call Black History Month. Carter G. Woodson was the son of former enslaved folks. He attended the University of Chicago and Harvard University. During his graduate experience, Carter G. Woodson went along with a couple of his colleagues, founded the Association of Study for Negro Life, which we know as today as the Association for Study for African American Life. This organization pinned the Negro Achievement Week between the actual birthday of Abraham Lincoln and the made-up birthday of Frederick Douglass. That is the reason why it's in February. When people say, why is Black History Month the shortest month of the of the year? It's because it was Negro Achievement Week first, y'all. Okay? So because this was a celebration of African-American achievement in history. Carter G. Woodson, along with his team members, created um, materials for black teachers to teach black history undercover. So we celebrate and we salute Carter G. Woodson for his contribution to this month of February. Tiffany, wasn't that exciting to learn? Incredibly exciting, yes. It is so cool to understand that we have yeah. amazing black folks in this world mm -hmm. that has contributed not only to black history, but to American history. That's right. So I want to introduce um, a conversation that I'm excited to have with you. I want to talk about us as black women. I want us to be able to relax and have a necessary conversation about black womanhood. And so, Tiffany, I want to start off um, with, before I get to this question, I want to center this to celebrate black woman intellectual thought. And I say that not as classist, but as this conversation mm -hmm. continues to, to go on, we will understand um, what black intellectualism is, especially when it's placed within womanhood. Um, but before we can get to that, we need to talk about some stuff, Tiffany. Okay. 
I want to ask you, what are some of the oppressive stereotypes that you see that's in society that are labeled and attached to black women? Hmm. Well, we know, well, for those who do not know, there's the angry, mad black woman trope. So unfortunately, anger is not an emotion that society has really given black women have really given black women permission to have if you are angry then you are possibly a threat whether you are a threat to physical safety or you are a threat to say in your work environment the integrity of the company the culture of the company you know you're making your coworkers nervous or uncomfortable um if we express an opinion that doesn't align or if we are adamantly against something yeah. that perhaps we see happening, be it in the community, be it in, you know, the work environment, maybe sometimes even, you know, in our own families or our friend groups, if there's a mixture of, you know, not just black, but other races as well. Yeah. That's one of the many, um, it's, there's a, there's a portion of my class that I teach. I teach on, um, black feminist thought and we go through the different stereotypes. And one of those that you mentioned, the angry black woman, or as known as the sapphire. She's uncontrollable, she's enraged. And if we even express some sort of emotion, Tiffany, I like to call it passion. But if we express any Mm -hmm. sort of passionate emotion, then we're labeled angry. But when we see, especially let's, let's take it to the workplace. If we see our fellow colleague, let's say a white male expressing his anger, they call him what strong, passionate, um, assertive, all of these glorious adjectives But when we do it, we're angry. Mm -hmm. Why is that? And what do you think are the mental effects on black women when we are looking around to make sure that people aren't labeling us angry? So along with the angry black woman stereotype, I would say there's a expectation for women in general, but especially I feel like Black women, we might have this pressure to take on almost like a separate wife personality, to always be happy. You're always smiling. Mm -hmm. You are, maybe you haven't been given the environment where you can be soft, but you're expected to be soft. Mm -hmm. So maybe even soft-spoken or you're reserved. Maybe you are seen and not heard. Yeah. So if you are internalizing the idea of, well, when I express emotion other than happiness, that's a no-go, then mentally you will start to repress your emotions. You don't talk about them as much, even in what's considered to be safe spaces, like with family, friends, trusted confidants, mentors, what have you. And we are doing not only others, but we're doing ourselves a disservice to show up as this anything but authentic version of ourselves because 
human emotion, God gave us emotions. To have a full range of emotion, that is, for lack of a better word, normal. For my field, it's considered normal for you to be able to experience a full range of emotion. When we don't see someone being able to identify that they're experiencing sadness, frustration, anger, disappointment, that's where we tend to start seeing um, a need for an assessment. That's where a possible diagnosis is popping up. But if you can experience a full range of emotions in a healthy way, you're simply human. That's fine. That's interesting that you said that. Um, I do my best to put my best foot forward, to put my best image forward. But the truth of the matter is I am human and I express my human emotion and I had to learn like it's okay for you to be angry. It's okay for you to not always be happy and jovial. Um, There was this. There's this book. I'm not sure if you read it or not, but there's this book called Sister Citizen by Melissa Harris Perry. And um, Sister Citizen, it talks about the different stereotypes that society um, places on black women, such as the mammy. The mammy is this asexual being that no one desires her, but she Mm -hmm. takes care of... um, families and and she's just not not attractive or that's the the image of a mammy there's the the jezebel that is um promiscuous and over sexualized and hyper sexualized and you see the jezebel in music videos and you see the jezebel wearing um certain outfits that are risque and then we just talked about the sapphire which is the angry black woman there's the welfare queen <clears throat> that is Ooh. is depending on um, the government to take care of her there are all these things and in the book um sister citizen um melissa puts all of these stereotypes tiffany in this place called the crooked room oh it's called the crooked room and t- what it what it's supposed to exemplify is that black women have been put in a disadvantage at a different starting point to where we can't stand up straight in a crooked room we can't move around with our banging our head on the ceiling or on the wall because we're in a crooked room And all of these things that have been placed on us creates this room that isn't leveled. When others can stand up in their feelings and then in their assertive behavior and their um, hypersexuality and their um, passionate anger or whatever it is. But as this black Mm -hmm. woman, we have to tiptoe around. There's a busted ceiling in this crooked room. There's broken glass in this crooked room. The door is hanging off the hinges in this crooked room. Have you ever experienced the crooked room? Absolutely. Mm. And I'll take it a step further um, and say sometimes I have placed myself in the crooked room because of those stereotypes. In order to not appear angry, in order to not appear rebellious, in order to not appear 
negative. Yeah. Okay. So instead of, like I've said, being able to validate <clears throat> emotions, all humans have them. God gave them to us. They're normal. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can't be angry. I can't be sad for too long. Frustrated. Why would you do that? And I don't know if you've heard this, but I've definitely heard, you know, my parents say, well, if anyone should have an attitude in this house, it should be me and only me. <laughs> and it's like, maybe it's not so much me trying to have a negative a rebellious or ungrateful attitude. Maybe I'm just simply frustrated about something. Yeah. And as a child, I don't know how to verbalize. You know, I'm really upset because this really weird thing happened at school today and I don't know what it means. Yeah. Yeah. So then as you grow up, if you're not given, um, you know, the tools to practice naming your emotions and practice processing them at the appropriate times with appropriate people, mm -hmm. it's easy to place yourself in the cricket room, even though you've got the keys to get out. My God. It, I feel like the cricket room, <laughs> I feel like it's like hell. It wasn't intended for you, but it exists. And you get to choose if you're going to stay there or not. Yeah, absolutely. I think, well, not think, I know conversations like this need to happen more because when is the last time we were made aware, one, of the crooked room, and two, just like you said, that we've put ourselves in it. It kind of like sunk my heart a little bit. Because it's true. I'm also reminded of the idea of, of double consciousness. Um, W.E.B. Du Bois speaks of double consciousness as like a second sight of being. And for his example, it was like, it's one thing for people to say, I'm American but it's another thing for us as black folks to say, I am American because you're not just American, but you black. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I'm looking at myself through the lens of how other people look at me. Right. And that is exhausting. The double mm -hmm. consciousness is when I walk into a room, Tiffany, and I'm the only black person that comes into the room as a black woman. I'm thinking about how these folks are looking at me and their perception of me. But why? Right. I can remember double consciousness for me was heavy when I was um, in undergrad. Um, okay. Being at a majority white school. I would be on my way to my dorm room and there were, I think three black girls on that floor of 92 students. And as I'm walking down the hallways and there are like clusters of students, white students. And when I would come down the hallway, the conversations would just stop. The smiles would disappear and it was just cold and I'm just like what are they thinking Ooh. about me as I'm walking down the hallway what are they thinking what are they thinking but it's like I had to, I have to really talk to myself and be like Kendra it doesn't matter you just need to show up right because 
the point of the matter, and one of my students asked this question in class, um, how do we get people to stop putting stereotypes on us? The thing is, it's not going to happen. No. Just because it's not going to happen doesn't mean we don't show up the best that we can. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, it reminds me of, you know, the statement, your name is not what people call you. Your name is what you respond to. Come on. So instead of me accepting the stereotypes, like, no, that's not me. That was not my experience. That is not how I'm going to show up. I love that. Love it. And it doesn't have to come from a place of, I'm going to show you. It's like, no, just that's not my experience. That's not how I'm choosing to show up. If you're not having a good day, that does not mean that you get to emotionally hijack me and now all of a sudden I'm in a bad mood. So same thing with stereotypes. I know you were expecting me to be the welfare queen, but I'm not. Oh my gosh, it was so funny. Last thing I'll say before we move on. I had commented (laughs) on like some something like it was like it was years ago. Um, Maybe like a few years ago. And I had commented on a post that I seen on social media and this random guy was like, that's why you're on welfare. Like, and I'm just like, huh? I wish I had food stamps because paying groceries out of pocket is ghetto. (laughs) I wish, sir. And even, and Tiffany, even on this show, even on this show, um, I was I'll, I'll send you the episode. I'll send you the clip. But I, okay. there were, you know how we make these reels and stuff out of these full length episodes and we post exactly. them. There was this man that decides to go under my uh, my comments and call me an angry black woman. And I'm just like, okay. But sir, I have the joy of the Lord. What are you talking about? <laughs> right. And um before I can see it, like people that watched the show was clapping back at him, but that wasn't the point, and that wasn't what I right. was sending anyone to do. But it's just yeah. like you can just simply be, and people would just label you just because they don't like you, right? Um, or don't understand you. Or don't understand. Or most you. importantly, they don't know you. You yeah. only get to you only know like this fifteen second snapshot. You don't have the full context of my life and who I am. Right. Right. So it didn't take it. I didn't get hijacked. No, <laughs> I didn't hear my name called because I'm not angry. Um, Even though we do um have those emotions from time to time, but I don't sure. live that way. Don't have to. I don't live that way. Tiffany, I have another question for you. I have another question for you. All right. Uh, What is being a black woman, a black intellectual woman? in our community and society um what does that look like if this woman doesn't have the degrees or the job or the career or the status or the letters or is decorated Mm -hmm. and all these things what does (laughs) black intellectuals within womanhood look like i would say i'll just use like my grandmother for an example come on stay-at-home mother a beautician. She knew how to take care of her children. She knew how to take care and cater to her husband. Yeah. Um, I'm sure she assisted with budgeting. 
I'm sure that she was a, you know, I know she was a beacon in their church growing up. And she was an encourager, you know, encouraging people to, you know, be the best that they could. And I remember at her funeral, one of her sisters testified that they were at um, some church service. I'm not sure if it was a revival or what, but they were, you know, giving the appeal. Do you want to get saved? And so my aunt was nervous because she had just gotten her hair done. <laughs> so my grandmother told her, don't worry about your hair. I'll do your hair again. Just like go get saved. And that like, unlocked you know the courage that she needed to stop worrying about what she looked like and worried about you know where is your soul going to go when you leave here uh, yeah. and I was thinking wow you know just all of the things that sometimes society takes for granted my grandmother embodied all of those things to me that's what a black intellectual woman shows up as you know how to take care of home you know how to take care of business even like her being a beautician okay so you're working for yourself, while also being able to stay at home and make sure that your household is good. Instead of this, you need to have this degree, you need to have this job, you need to have this title, you need to be out of the house. Well, if I'm out of the house, who is partnering with my husband has helped me to take care of the kids when he's gone to work? I believe that being a Black intellectual woman looks like doing what makes the most sense and what God has told you to do. That's going to work best for you. And one day, if you have a family, your family. Yeah. I 1000% agree. Um, it's it's so beautiful that you have that, that testimony of your grandmother. I think of my grandmother as well. I think of my grandmother at 21 years old in the late 1950s and her being a part of the great migration where over a span of time millions of black folks migrated from the rural south to the north to Mm -hmm. the west and my grandmother being a part of that movement um she came out to california in the early 1960s and didn't know how to read, didn't know how to write, didn't have a lot of math skills. She had, I think, a second or third grade level education until she had to stop going to school. Mm-hmm. And so what did it look like for her to come out and apply for uh, for housing when she can't read the application? What right. does it look like for her to apply for a driver's license or for assistance when she can't? read the papers that are given her i think of a black woman intellectual is when someone is given what life is bringing them whether if they have the skills or not mm-hmm. and really conquering those challenges is what i see right. as a black woman intellectual what does it look like for her to find a job and then go back to louisiana to bring my mom out here to raise her as a single mother and gave my mom everything that she could Mm -hmm. that is a black woman intellectual it takes strategy and it takes wit and courage and it takes street smarts to get these things done when i think Mm -hmm. of black women intellectuals i think of harriet tubman who also didn't know how to read or write was an enslaved woman and 
her testimony was that God spoke to her on how to navigate the Underground Railroad. You mean to tell me that God is telling you what time to get up and, and where to go and how many steps to take and to what tree to hop and, and all this kind of stuff? I'm like, Lord, I need to get close, that close so I can hear them kind yes, of instructions. Exactly. Give me that clarity. Give me the Harriet Tubman clarity. Hello. <laughs> and ran this operation and freed so many enslaved people. That is a black woman intellectual. You yes. don't have to have degrees. Mm-hmm. And Tiffany, it's it was the pavement that our grandmothers and our ancestors and other black women laid for us so that we could have our degrees. Exactly. In our exactly. careers. Right. So there was a time black people would be punished, like the cutting off of limbs, fingers, if they knew how to read. And here you and I, we sit in this space holding degrees because they decided, you know what? I am going to do the best that I can. I'm going to rely on God. I'm going to be strategic to make sure that this next generation coming up is going to have more than me. That's right. So instead of looking down on them because they didn't have a degree or they couldn't read or they didn't own this or they didn't have that, it's like they crawled so we could run. Yeah. Somebody had to come before us to pave the way. That's right. And thank God they did. I'm so grateful in this moment. Yeah. They were able to remind ourselves of that. Yes. I'm looking at mine right there on that wall. (laughs) (laughs) But it's not even about that. We have just been afforded opportunities that they, they weren't. Right. And it's our responsibility to show up as beautiful and as bold and as courageous and as authoritative as black women. Right. It's our responsibility. It is. Now you are the mom on the call. (laughs) What do you want to share with your daughter as she grows up into black womanhood? I want to share with her that she does not need to fit into anyone else's mold. If God is not, has not given her the green light to do something, she doesn't have to do it just because society is saying that she needs to do it. Well, this is the only way you're going to be successful. And if God could make, you know, an oasis in a wilderness, what do you think he could do for you? Mm -hmm. Now I understand. If you're going to climb the corporate ladder, yes, you're going to have to play by their rules, but don't edge God out. Amen. Because he can do more for you than your willpower can do. So if you want to climb the corporate ladder, go ahead. You want to go to college? Go ahead. You want to go to trade school? You know, you want to be like the finest cook or, you know, the best cosmetologist? Go ahead. You want to get married and have kids? Please go ahead. You want to stay home with those kids indefinitely? 
or just for like their formative years, go ahead. You can do whatever God has intended for you to do. Don't be afraid. Whatever position you might decide that you want to be in, just show up completely. Come on. Y'all heard all that. This is how we need to show up for our community. This is how we need to show up for our family. And Tiffany, you certainly are living that example before her, which is the loudest, um, which is the loudest, I think, is when it's lived. It's absolutely wonderful. Now, I have another question as we wrap up this episode. Okay. What are some encouragement and some affirmations that we can lend, actually not even lend, but gift our sisters that are listening to this right now? You are enough. God didn't make any mistakes when he made you a black woman. Yeah. You don't have to wait for people to affirm you. God already has. It doesn't matter what history has looked like. You have no control over what happened before you. But please take courage to show up in your present so that your future has a chance to be brighter than what your past was. There are so many wonderfully strong examples that came before you. And I believe that you have the capacity to be a beacon that someone later down the road that you might not meet will look up to and say, because of their courage, I know I can do this. Because of what God did for them, I know God can do great things for me. Yes. Beautiful. To the Black women that are listening to this right now, I would tell you that God made you on purpose. It was with purpose that he poured melanin into your skin. It was with purpose that he curled your curly, kinky, coily hair. It was Mm -hmm. with purpose that he made your lips full. It was with purpose that he put strength in your voice. On purpose, he molded and shaped you to show up to stand out, and to simply be who he made you and called you to be. It was on purpose that he never allowed you to blend in to normality mm-hmm. and to become just another number. It was on purpose that he allowed tribulation for your testimony 
and for his glory. And so I just want to encourage my beautiful black sisters there that are listening, that are watching. Mm -hmm. You are not an accident, but God created you with purpose. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you on today. We adore you. We honor you. We thank you. We celebrate you. We lift you high. You're such an amazing God and creator and Lord and friend and father. God, I pray for all of my sisters that are listening to this word of encouragement and even my brothers that are listening to this. God, I pray that you assist them with loving who they are as you made them, that you help them grow into who they are as you made them. I pray that you silence the voice of society, of the enemy, of stereotypes, but that your voice is amplified and glorified. God, we celebrate who you made us as black women. We celebrate the triumph and even the tribulation that black folks in this world have gone through. We love you so much because you never left us in the midst of it. God, I pray that you help us and pull us through for the questions that we have, that you comfort our hearts, and that we continue to center you in all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Ah, I feel good, y'all. I feel good. I feel good. Tiffany, thank you again for coming on the show. It is always a pleasure to have you as a guest. Um, Y'all, this was absolutely amazing. Tiffany, do you have any last words before we close it down for this week? Um, Just thank you again for the invitation. Clearly, as you see, the emotions came through. (laughs) But it's okay. It's okay to be vulnerable. A lot of times, maybe our ancestors didn't have the space to do so but we have it now. So all human emotion, it's it's okay if you experience a full range of emotions. God gave you those emotions, so process through them, but also remember, don't let them drive. God gave them to you. You can be in control of them. And remember to keep God first. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Tiffany. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, until next time, beautiful people, we love you so much. Be blessed. Bye.